Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Jessie Stevens. I'm the host of Mamma Mia Out Loud, and I'm on OPP. Pod bless everybody, and welcome back to another episode of OPP, America's number one podcast discovery platform that highlights your favorite podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. It is Worldwide Wednesday, so for this special episode, we're going to travel down to the land down under to chat with Jesse Stevens, co-host of the hit Australian podcast, Mamma Mia Out Loud. With Jesse and her co-host Holly Wainwright and Mia Friedman, absolutely everything is up for discussion. From pop culture to politics, body image to motherhood, to feminism, to fashion. In this episode, we get to learn more about Jesse, what the podcasting scene is like in Australia. We chat about the Mamma Mia podcast network. We get our podcasters picks. And of course, we chat about our dope show, Mamma Mia Out Loud. So on to our exclusive interview with Jesse Stevens. All right, here we go. Yo, Jesse, what's up? I'm excited to join you. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I uh, I'm a really big fan uh, of Australia. I've never been, but I got a lot of love for Australia. It's an awesome place. I love it. I love it. Now, growing up, uh, when I was in college, I was a big fan of Tom and Alex in the Morning on Triple J. Oh yes, I love Triple J. They're fantastic. Have you ever listened to Hamish and Andy? I haven't. Tell me about it. Recommendation for all your listeners: Hamish and Andy are a comedy duo from Australia. They've been doing it for longer than just about anyone else. And they are two of the funniest people in podcasts. They make me laugh my head off. And apparently American listeners find it very funny because of some of the things they talk about. They're very kind of quintessentially Australian. They're that larrikin kind of vibe, but they are, um, they are so funny. It's like you're, you're sitting on a bus laughing your head off looking like a lunatic. I think they're the top podcast here. Like they're probably the most listened to podcast in the country. Okay, they're like the they're like Joe Rogan. Yes, they're the Joe Rogan of Australia. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> you know, uh, one one thing that I love about Australian culture is that there seems to be such a great appreciation for global culture because uh, of like the of being globally isolated or geographically isolated from the rest of the world. Uh, I really appreciate appreciate that about uh, about Australian culture a, a lot. We have such a curiosity, I think, especially because for us to go overseas is a massive deal. Like for you guys, you can practically just roll over to Canada whenever you want. But in Australia, we are so landlocked that to get anywhere takes hours and hours. And it's so exciting. So when we go to somewhere like the States, it's this whole new experience. Australia has, you know, we have an enormous Indigenous history. Um, but in terms of like the colonial history, there's there's not much. So we don't really know who we are. So I think that we look at other places like, you know, the States and, and Europe and Africa, and we're just like so curious. And we take American culture, like we are just morphing into America, everyone says. So I listen to the Joe Rogans, to the Oprah. Um, Dak Shepard is massive here. Like 
always listening to American podcasts. So good. This American Life. I mean, yeah, it Invisibilia, obsessed. Jesse, tell me more about your background, um, your your career path, and what led you to join Mamma Mia. So I was blogging. Um, I was blogging for uh, a sort of a small website about, you guys have the biggest loser there. We had it here. And it's been axed now, but it was a horrible television show um, in that it was just like exploitative and and cringy. So my twin sister and I would just write these uh, sort of satirical, funny recaps about it every week. And then that was picked up by the owner of Mamma Mia. She found it. Um, and she asked us to come in and we sort of started podcasting. This was probably four or five years ago and podcasting was growing, not at the exponential rate it is now, but it was sort of just growing. And so I, I kind of got into podcasts, did um, uh, Mum Mia Out Loud um, and sort of went from there. I'd always wanted to work in uh, I thought it was radio. I remember being 10 or something and sitting there with a, rec- a tape recorder and I'd play songs and then I'd be like, this is Jesse Stevens for Concord Radio. And then I'd, I'd have like a coffee, which I didn't enjoy drinking, but I just thought that I should because that's what adults drink. Um, and I really enjoyed playing with that. I think as well, I grew up listening to uh, so many men and being really inspired, but also feeling as though Um, there weren't enough female voices in that sort of landscape, providing commentary, providing news. Uh, And I thought that, you know, rather than complain about it, I should get involved and and try and change it. I didn't feel like my perspective was necessarily being represented by the people sitting on panels and and being on podcasts. So I thought I'd, I'd speak for that, you know particular niche. Now, describe, you were part of the, the Mamma Mia Out Loud network. Describe that network, uh, that Australian network for me and to the audience. So we have a network in Australia. Um, it is called the Mamma Mia Podcast Network, and it's got about 31 podcasts on it at the moment. It's the largest independent women's podcast network in the world. Um, we have, we've seen a lot of our competitors attempt to create networks and find that it's really difficult to make money off it. And what we often say is that there are, God knows, infinite podcasts in the world, but the average podcast gets about 260 downloads, I think it is. So the trick is to make good podcasts that people actually want to listen to. Anyone can make a podcast, but it's it's finding a kind of speciality that uh, works with an audience we already have a digital wing, so we have a website, which I think helped us to realise what kind of content resonates with our audience and with women. And so I think the first few podcasts that we launched were No Filter, which is an interview show, and Mamma Mia Out Loud, which I'm on. Um, and that is a uh, millennial woman, and that's me, and then uh, two sort of Gen X women, so in their 40s, and we do sort of what women are talking about this week. It was sort of, um, and that's been going for about four or five years. Uh, and that's just sort of a general take on on the week. And it's just grown and grown from there. We've had some enormous successes and also learnt a lot of lessons. What is the landscape like in the podcasting community uh, in Australia? So we're behind you. We're um, probably a year or two behind the States in terms of the podcast boom. In terms of awareness, we're behind as well. So we're at a point in Australia now where 
the potential for growth is so big because there are people who are discovering the medium of podcasts every single day. I think that they're more widely listened to in the States than here. Uh, and so, you know, we we have a lot of people say, I'd never listened to a podcast and, and often you've got to describe, you know, how to even listen to it. I've had to do that with my own mother and sit down and say, this is how you listen to it. And then I've caught her in her lounge room watching the screen for a podcast, which as you know, is just the sound. Um, but I think that's what's exciting about um, the boom at, at the moment. And we feel like we're riding this wave. It's a once in a generation opportunity to really take some risks with content. Uh, and there's a lot of competition popping up, which makes you better. It just means that you've got to refine your product, work out what your differences are. Um, and that's been really sort of interesting to create a concept and then see someone emulate that concept. And then you've got to go back to the drawing board and go, hang on, what, what makes us unique? What makes our voice unique? And so, uh, it's, it's a really, really exciting time, but we're watching what's happening in the States. Um, for inspiration, you guys have been doing, uh, you know, far better with the monetization of podcasts than Australia has, but we're starting to get there. We're starting to nail it. So it's exciting. Uh, I know here in New York City, I call New York City the podcast capital of the world. I feel like everyone and their mama, everyone at the bodega has a has a podcast. Um, are, are we starting to see that trend happen as well in Australia where, um, yes, you have the big media entities that have podcasts, um, but are we seeing more independent podcasters pop up as well? Oh, yeah. And that, I must say, I find that really um, exciting too because they, they don't have these big stakeholders to answer to. We're the same. We're independent. So you have time to pivot and create really interesting things. Um, I've seen with uh, a, a lot of podcasts are completely independent because once you've harnessed the technology, like you can do some some really good things. Um, as you say, there's obviously, uh, everyone's got a podcast and you listen to a lot of ordinary ones. Um, but it's it's interesting. I think that people think that just because they have interesting conversations with their friends that that constitutes a podcast. But in fact, it's a completely different skill. It's a completely different medium. And um, I think we're starting to appreciate and respect the art of podcasting more and more by seeing the work that goes into it and how it's not just a chat because, you know, three people think they're pretty funny. Here in the States, we have a big rivalry between New York City and Los Angeles that exists. There's there's a cultural difference, um, but there's also a podcast cultural difference uh, as well in our approach. Uh, what's the cultural difference between Sydney and Melbourne? And is there a cultural difference in the podcasts that are being made between the two rival cities in Australia? Absolutely. So I think a lot of the big... Oh, actually, I was going to say a lot of the big companies are coming out of Sydney, but I don't think that's true. I think that it's probably similar. I think that there's more of an, an a sort of artsy vibe that comes from Melbourne, I suppose. There are more independents, I think. There's potentially more creativity coming out of Melbourne, whereas a lot of the big players are Sydney. So there is a sort of rivalry and a difference in how people approach podcasting. Um, but my favourites, Hamish and Andy, they're Melbourne. And I think that the funny thing about it is that in Australia and, and the States is the same, um, you have a lot of like quite remote communities that are small 
that don't actually relate to specific content coming out of New York or LA. So what's been interesting is trying to create a podcast that can be listened to on the back of a tractor or from someone, you know, who lives in in the centre of Australia uh, in a mining town. How do we speak to those women? Because that's an enormous audience that feel very, very left out of traditional media discussions. And so there is a way, we call it like um, conversations that speak to, they're inside her world. So it's things like whether it's dating or um, money or, you know, how much you spend on a gift for Christmas. And it sounds silly and trivial, but that's in her world. So these big news stories that we're all so intent on covering in the cities because they're so important aren't important to everyone. And um, we've we've got a lot of issues in, in rural communities with the drought at the moment. So speaking to their own specific um, struggles, the fact that they don't have enough food to feed their livestock, their cows and their sheep, or they don't have enough water, makes them feel seen in a way that traditionally they haven't been seen. So yeah, I don't know if in the States there'll be a move to that. I guess a lot of the conversations are universal, like if you're a Joe Rogan or whatever, like it's not so specific, but the newsy ones in particular, I think we've got to find a way to speak to the ordinary person who maybe is not a city dweller. America's biggest export is culture. So uh, a lot of the things that we produce the rest of the world kind of relates to or digs and enjoys. Um, but what's the challenge for creating Australian podcasts and having those podcasts resonate with listeners internationally? That's what's really hard. I think that it's, isn't it funny? Because I think that podcasting is so much about voice and uh, your association and connection to a host. So I wonder if the accent, how important the accent is, because if the accent feels foreign, if the intonation and the way that someone's speaking doesn't feel right for you, then are you going to turn it off? Um, and so that's why I think Australian podcasts work so well in Australia. They work in New Zealand. We had one recently that went very, very international, um, big in the UK. I'm not sure if it hit the States, but it was called Teacher's Pet. And it was a true crime podcast that um, I recommend everyone listens to it. But uh, it opened up a new case. The guy that was at the centre of it um, and was accused of getting away with murder is now in prison. So it sort of um, overturned a very big uh, case. So I think sometimes they have the potential to do that. But again, it's about finding something that's topics that are universal and applicable, but you've got to be doing something that no one else is doing. If there are 15 podcasts like yours, why would, you know, someone in LA choose to to listen to us if there's one closer to home that does the same thing. So that's why I think there is a rise of the specialty podcast, exactly like yours, where it's like you find your niche and you work hard at that rather than the generalists that have historically been dominating the industry. Jesse, I'm going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get to your podcast, Mama Mia Out Loud. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right. So tell me, how did you first discover the medium of podcasting? Oh, I'm trying to think the first. See, I reckon that in high school, so I'm 28 now, I reckon they were trying to push it. And it was like, listen to a podcast. And they were terrible. They were like documentaries, like these really informative slices of information that were terribly produced. And I was like, this will never work. Like, this is just not compelling enough for individuals to invest their time into. And then I think I got into podcasting with an Australian podcast, which is True Crime. And it did Australia has a fascinating history of crimes. Our crimes are just out of this world. And it was called Case File and I got addicted to it. And then actually at around the same time was, of course, Serial. Serial's what got me into podcasting too because that was just, I remember being in my car driving and I'd get home and not be able to get out of the car because it was so intriguing. You mentioned you you had a, a background and an interest of wanting to break into radio, but what was the point, the light bulb moment when you knew that you were going to start your own podcast? I think I got um, sort of given opportunities and I went on a podcast with um, my co-hosts and I loved the feeling of it. I loved that you got to prepare uh, and I loved that it wasn't just the silliness of radio. So you see on radio all the time, people say things they weren't meant to and it happens on live television and it's, it's not a premium product. Generally, I suppose there are some that, that managed to do that, but I just found that podcasts were becoming premium content that I chose to listen to. I was an active listener rather than with radio, whereas I feel like um, my attentiveness is sort of on in the background. So it was a more intimate experience. And I think that podcasts, because of that intimacy, it respects the listener uh, more than radio did. So I, I sort of, I found that that spoke to me far more. Tell me the origins of Mamma Mia Out Loud and how that show came together. So I think it was, um, so because we're a digital media company, what we do is we have a morning pitch meeting where we all talk about the ideas. And this was an idea of basically bringing that to life. And it's had all this evolution over the years. Um, we've had, you know, different hosts and different structures, but the core purpose is sort of, um, and the core tenets by which we create that podcast have really stayed the same. And it's, we do sort of three topics, um, often it's, it can be quite newsy, but then again, it can be, uh, in her world, just normal stuff that's happening. We had a big topic the other week on dogs and mental health, or we'll do something on anxiety or uh, environmentalism or whatever it is. Um, but we don't want to patronize her. We don't want people to feel left out or, or ridiculed or kind of, there's no finger wagging. Like it really brings her along with us. And the idea is that we're the the concept has always been that we're the friends in her ears, that she puts on, um, it's now twice a week on Wednesdays and Fridays, and she puts us on because she wants to, and it's like having coffee with friends. And for women, there are multiple periods throughout their lives where they can feel very isolated. Uh, one is on maternity leave um, or when they have young kids. So we know that that's a key demographic we know that millennial women obviously, you know, often have headphones in and are commuting or studying or working. And again, it's those regional women 
rural and regional women who uh, might not get to have coffee with girlfriends or have dinner with girlfriends because uh, they're not close to their family. We also find that listeners who uh, moved to London or moved to New York or whatever, putting in those voices is like a taste of home every week. And so it makes them feel like a bit less homesick. I got the chance to catch the the Poo Jogger episode. I'm going to play a clip of that episode here shortly, but can you explain that story to the audience before I play the clip? Yes. So uh, this is sort of the stuff I probably find most interesting is when a news story emerges um, and it was everywhere. It was on every front page and everyone was talking about it. It went international and it was about a woman in a very affluent Sydney suburb who uh, was caught on CCTV footage um, going to the toilet. She had toilet paper on her, which suggested to people that she was uh, prepared. And the initial response was outrage, people calling her disgusting. She was shamed on social media. She was shamed on nighttime morning television. And we just had this sense that we were really uncomfortable with it and that this could be a woman. And we didn't want to suggest anything because we do not know her circumstances, but that she could be a woman living with a disability or a mental health issue. And this doesn't help. And so our job is to make people think about things just that little bit more deeply and dissect culture in that way. There are a lot of people that felt conflicted, not as many as I would have thought, but there were some people who said, this should never have been posted. Why are we all covering this? This is clearly someone who has some problems. And that was my first reaction, I have to say. And then my second reaction was like, well, we don't know that. We don't know that this person had problems. And and Roxy herself said that they assumed that it was perhaps someone who was homeless. And that's why they looked at the CCTV footage. And I think that when they saw that it was a woman who was sort of dressed nicely and she had, you know, nice hair and she was slim and she sort of looked like she was wearing Lululemon, no one could imagine that that's what certainly what homelessness could look like or what mental health issues could look like. And to be fair, we can't project that onto her. We don't know this woman's story. And I have to say, I'm happy that nobody has managed to find out who she is because I know the media were trying to find out. And I was terribly worried about how that was going to end. But uh, Jesse, what did you think when this story broke? I think a lot of people know who she is. If you're in her cell. Uh, there was an intent there. Uh, what is the intent that you want the listener to walk away with uh, every week? We want her to know that she's not alone, to feel as though she's part of a community and have like that we are her friends, but also that she's up to date and in the loop. We want her to feel like she can go. Our big thing as well is that when she goes to a dinner party or she catches up with friends, she not only has a bunch of things to talk about, but a bunch of perspectives. And we have a lot of women say uh, that they're in conversation with someone and they say something and they're like, you just stole that off Mamma Mia out loud because they take particular opinions or, or ideas and sort of play with them. And it's intellectual stimulation in, in that way. Uh, and it's also for people who are interested in that stuff and maybe other people in their lives are not. So it gives them that outlet and it's something to look forward to. I think we can't underestimate that is that having a laugh a few times a week, having um, something in, in your week that you go, oh, can't wait for that, is a really good thing. Some people are having a really crappy time and we've had women say uh, that they lost a, you know, a mother and a sister last year and that we got them through it because they felt like 
we were what they could rely on, that they were going to get these two episodes and it was going to cheer them up and get them out of their own head. And I, I really, um, I feel very privileged to be in that position. Wow. So Jesse, we are at a point in the show called our podcasters picks. Uh, now this is where I ask today's guests, uh, to give me your top three favorite podcasts that we should be listening to and describe them to the audience. So take it away. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, definitely number one would have to be Hamish and Andy. They're just really good. Please give them a go. You will laugh. It is, they just take you along. Everything that they do on Hamish and Andy. So they, you know, they'll have events or these big projects that they work on, but it all happens on the mic. So they're both prepared, but they prepare separately. And then it's their reaction and their dynamic that's so authentic that works every time. I just think you learn so much about podcasting and the beauty of comedy by listening to them. It's not as simple as two funny people getting on mics. Like there is a lot of work that goes into it. So I think that would be one that I definitely, um, I definitely recommend. Another one is uh, one by the ABC. This is Australian, uh, and it's called Unravel, which is a is got four parts. But the most recent season is called Snowball, and it's a case of a man who married an American woman, and she moved to New Zealand, and. They married and they bought this cafe and they were living this idyllic life uh, with his family and she ended up taking all his money and escaping. I think she went to LA and they end up tracking her down and basically looking at her and being like, what compelled you to do that? And that is just absolutely fascinating, listening to her and she'd done it several times to a lot of people and it's just one of those podcasts that... uh, you know, the story just unfolds every week and it really takes you along, along with it. What would be the third? What are some of my favorites? You know what I'm listening to at the moment, which I bet a lot of your listeners are too, is uh, I think it's called The Mysterious Jeffrey Epstein. It's really got me. And it was one of those cases that I felt fatigued from because I'd read so much about it and it's horrific. And you don't think you want to lean into a story like that but it is so well done. Uh, the story is so, so well told. He's brilliant. Um, and there was so much I didn't know. There, There's not a repetition of things that have been in the news cycle. They've done original original investigative reporting and it deserves all the, all the praise and all the downloads it's getting. It's really good. Jesse, before we get out of here, uh, why do you podcast? I podcast because I think that connection is something that is probably lacking now more than ever, even though we've got phones attached to us at 24 hours a day. I think connection is important. I think friendship is important. I think that kind of intimacy and conversations are, you know, something that that you can't undervalue. Um, And also I think there are important conversations that we need to be having. We should all, I feel very, very strongly in people changing their minds and always having a malleable mind to new ideas and new thoughts. And I like having that potential to sort of talk to people and make them just think about things in a different way uh, and, you know, be a bit more fluid and, and find new information and think maybe maybe the way I've always lived and thought about things isn't quite right. We've got to engage with thought in, in a, an, an, a proactive way, I suppose. And... Uh, 
women's voices. They're important and there needs to be more of them on, on platforms like these. So, so that's why I, I podcast. Wow. Jesse Stevens, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to hang out with me today on OPP. Everyone go check out Mamma Mia Out Loud right now. Pa bless you, Jesse Stevens. You're the best. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Thank you. Thank you all so much for checking out another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Jesse Stevens. You can find her podcast, Mamma Mia Out Loud, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed by Bradley Naiman. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. And are you down with OPP? If so, leave us a five-star rating in the Apple app. And let me know your favorite podcast in the review section. Lastly, before we get out of here, check out my other show, Silent Giants which highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. And you can find Silent Giants on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Pa bless y'all. Till next time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 